Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome back to another T.O.P. This is the middle of the order. Second T.O.P. Today it is Tuesday and we are talking about the Washington Nationals of your NL East division. Let's get into it. Last year they were 71 and 91 uh, with 27th in ERA, 27th in runs allowed. And yet 21st in runs four, they were a decent offense. Uh, they finished 5th in the NL East, 13th in the NL, and 25th in MLB overall. Uh, they were supposed to have the 10th overall draft pick, and they do have the 10th overall draft pick uh, in this upcoming uh, MLB draft. Let's take a look at who they added and who they lost. And unlike uh, the earlier episode with the White Sox, not as big of a list. They add Dylan Floral to a one-year deal. He's coming over for that bullpen. And then some names that you know but just haven't been playing good recently. Joey Gallo, Nixon Zell, and Jesse Winker. Those three coming over via free agency uh, joining the Nationals. To fill in some holes of the, the players that they lost, including Dominic Smith, Michael Chavis is gone, Carl Edwards Jr. in the bullpen's gone, Chad Cool, and Corey Dickerson uh, all no longer on the team. Taking a deeper look into that Washington rotation, the ace of the staff, Josiah Gray, uh, he's there. Mackenzie Gore in the number two hole, Jake Irvin, uh, number three, Patrick Corbin. The, the, he came over in free agency in 2018, and outside of a couple of years, he's been he's been around. <laughs> uh, and then Trevor Williams rounds it off in the five hole. The bullpen listed here on Fangraphs as the closer Kyle Finnegan, uh, who they signed in free agency back in 2019. Other guys you might know, Hunter Harvey, they've claimed off of waivers a couple years ago. Uh, he's there. He's looking pretty good. Tanner Rainey, uh, Dylan Floral, of course, is there. Yoan Adon, uh, Robert Garcia, and a couple other guys make up that Nationals bullpen. Taking a look now at the starting lineup, the one through nine on the day-to-day -day. leading it off is the shortstop CJ Abrams batting second Lane Thomas he's out there in right field Kbert Ruiz the catcher behind the dish batting fourth Joey Gallo in left field first baseman Joey Manessis bats fifth Jesse Winker who is a non-roster invitee he's not on the roster just yet they have him listed batting sixth as the DH so the Fangraphs thinks he's making the team for sure uh, Nixon Zell bats seventh at third base Luis Garcia Jr. at second base and then Victor Robles out there in center batting ninth the bench as is followed Riley Adams backup catcher Carter Keyboom what happened to that guy uh, Idomo Vargas and Stone Garrett make up that Nationals bench it's hard to think that these are the Nationals that uh, were World Series champs uh, just a short few years ago back in 2019 well obviously that's not the case a lot of these guys have uh, are new to the team in the last couple of years I think the only two guys that were on the Nationals during their World Series run Patrick Corbin and Victor Robles I think everybody else has either joined uh, the team in that time or you know we're in the minor leagues in RC not playing there yet uh, and of course you know not to mention Steven Strasburg but he's technically around but he obviously uh, will not be playing um, yeah this Nationals team you know it's it's a team those guys you know you know the same can be said with all these teams that we've been talking about so far 
there's nothing too crazy towards this team, of course. Uh, it's definitely not that 2019 national team. You know, Juan Soto's not here, Trey Turner's not here, Anthony Rendon, Max Scherzer. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys are gone <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, the Nationals, they're in a rut, and uh, with the teams in their division, it's going to be another tough year for the Nationals, although they do have some promising names uh, on the rise, and, you know, maybe the next two, three years could be around in the top, uh, you know, top teams there. Guys like James Wood, Dylan Cruz are both top prospects, um, and they are, you know, establishing themselves in the minor leagues before heading into the major leagues. They're probably going to make their debuts either late this year, possibly next year uh, for those two top prospects that they have. Of course, a lot of their top prospects and guys on their current team now have come from recent trades. Uh, you know, Josiah Gray, Matt McKenzie Gore, CJ Abrams, Cabert Ruiz, they either came from the Padres when they traded away Juan Soto, or they came from the Dodgers when they traded away that package deal of Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Um, but, you know, there are some other names here that, you know, can excite you. Like I said, Nixon Zell, uh, a once top prospect with the Reds. Joy Manessas had a really good, I believe, 2022, had a, had a tougher year last year. Joey Gallo, you know, let's let's start with him because, I mean, when he was with Texas, he was great. A two-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover. Uh, OPS was always high. Home runs were always high. 38 home runs, 40 home runs, 41 home runs. You know, he was a guy for a long time. And uh, recently, not the same. 2022, he had 19 home runs split between the Yankees and Dodgers. But of course, last year he was with the Twins, and he kind of had a slightly not as bad Joey Gallo season that he's been happening. Um, had 21 home runs and 50 hits. So homered a lot of oh, nearly half the time he hit the ball. They were home runs. Uh, I find that one very interesting stat. His batting average was 177, but his OPS was 741, uh, a 440 slugging. That 741 OPS is the highest he's had on any team that hasn't been the Rangers. Really, since leaving, he has not been himself. The Yankees was a struggle. The Dodgers, he was even worse. Uh, like I said, last year with the Twins, kind of a little bit better, but you'd want to see him put the ball and play more and not just be home run strikeout kind of guy he struck out 142 times last year and you know like i said gallo he he's been a two-time gold glover he's a two-time all-star if he can get to that level because in 2021 right when he was traded to the yankees and everything not only did he lead the league in strikeouts with 213 strikeouts but he led the league in walks with 111 uh those days are long behind him uh and to think that's only a, a short two three years ago um when you take a look at the other players, though, some of those young guys we were talking about that came over in trades, you have C.J. Abrams kind of leading the way as the that first step. You know, we he saw some time with the Padres in 2022 before getting traded over to the Nationals. And since joining to the Nationals, he's been slightly above average in terms of national players. Uh, when you compare him to other shortstops, he just hasn't quite hit that level yet. But last year, his first full season with the Nationals, played 151 games, had 138 hits, 18 home runs, but he's not the most powerful guy. 64 ribbies, a 245 batting average, and a 712 OPS. That steps up. And, you know, like I said, it's his first full season. He's going to be 23 this year. He's a very young kid. The, the ceiling is 
is is way up there for him. He has plenty of potential and growth, um, you know, for him. And I think this is going to be another step in the right direction for Abrams this year, uh, leading it off with perhaps a slightly better team than they had last year. At least guys that uh, protect him in a way. You know, Joey Gallo, Jesse Winker, if they can kind of find some form back, Nixon Zell, you know, you put these guys batting second, fourth. You know, you don't want to get to them with runners on, so you get competitive at-bats and, you know, Abrams can produce more that way. Um, but, yeah, when I look at this lineup as a whole, there isn't too many parts that freak me out or scare me. Cabert Ruiz, he hasn't been exactly the guy... Uh, the catcher that, you know, pro- people who ranked him prospect-wise thought he would be. Uh, still a good bat and a very good defensive catcher. Uh, but I feel like if he really wants to get more of that value, he definitely needs to find a way to get his bat going more. Uh, but the rotation is where I kind of draw myself to when I look at this team. Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, both on the younger side, 25-26 um, But they have a lot of upside, I say. And right now, Josiah Gray has taken that extra step forward that Mackenzie Gore hasn't. Uh, You know, but Gore, I think, is or could be a better pitcher. You know, lefty, tall, you know, he's got good stuff, his fastball uh, and his curve. Last year, though, did struggle with the Nationals, a 442 uh, ERA in 27 starts, 136 innings pitched, uh, giving up 67 earned runs while striking out 151 guys. Josiah Gray, on the other hand, had a much better season and was an all-star for the Nationals. Had a 3.91 ERA in his 30 starts, 159 innings pitched, 143 strikeouts, and uh, 69 earned runs there. So about the same amount of runs, but definitely made a couple more starts and had more productive um, you know, innings pitched in those starts. He pitched to an 8-13 and 13 record. Uh, so, you know, Josiah Gray, definitely the guy who's been leading the way. But I definitely think Mackenzie Gore has the potential to pass him or at least get on to a nice, you know, one-two punch that the Nationals could have in uh, a year or two. Outside of this, there is some stuff to, you know, uh, I guess question. (laughs) You know, the Nationals are in the NL East. You have teams like the Braves, teams like the Phillies, the Marlins that are there. So, you know, when they play them the majority of the time, it's going to be another tricky season for the Nationals to kind of navigate through. Uh, It is to mention as well that right now Stone Garrett, he's been dealing with a fractured leg and Riley Adams had uh, hand surgery. Both of these injuries were back in 2023 towards the end of the year. They're both projected and expected to be ready for opening day. Uh, One guy though to note, and this is the guy who's underrated in my mind, and you know, we're talking about Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Abrams, Rees, guys who came over for Turner and Scherzer, and and who am I missing here? Turner, Scherzer, Soto. (laughs) Of course it's Soto. Uh, Lane Thomas, he came over in a deal when the Nationals traded John Lester to the Cardinals, which by the way, I don't remember John Lester on the Nationals or the Cardinals, but Lane Thomas has come over, um, and since being a national in his three, you know two and a half years, he's been very good for them. A 7.63 OPS in that time, and last, and he's only getting better. I mean, you can take any real number of his and look at it, and it's just getting better and better. Uh, a 7.83 OPS last year with the Nationals, 156 games. 
168 hits, 36 doubles, and 28 home runs, the most home runs he's hit in a season. Uh, he's been around since 2019, of course, with the Cardinals, but um, you know, last year in 2022, was his first time hitting double-digit home runs with 17, and then he adds 11 more to that in 2023. Lane Thomas, in my mind, is an underrated national a guy that you don't forget because you think of the guys that the Nationals got in trades, uh, like Josiah Gray and like C.J. Abrams. I mean, Lane Thomas needs to be talked about more because this guy has been very solid uh, for you know the last two years of the Nationals, and I mean, in that division it's hard to find these kinds of players. And Lane Thomas, like I said, has been very good uh, with the Nationals. Uh, the window is starting to slowly open. You know, we've talked about teams who have young, fun prospects, who, you know, are they're all coming up reasonably around the same time and everything. Teams like the Reds and Pirates, which we'll talk upon in their TOPs. But the Nationals aren't far too far behind them. Like I said, they have top prospects, James Woods and Dylan Cruz, as well as some other guys. Cade Cavalli is expected to be uh, somewhere in this major league level this year. He's ranked fourth in their organization's ranked prospects. Um, and they're not losing too many players over the next couple of years. This year alone, they have a couple of free agents, including uh, Patrick Corbin and Trevor Williams. So some starting pitcher jobs are going to be opening for the Nationals. Uh, Dylan Floral, of course, they signed a one-year deal. Uh, Joey Gallo could be a free agent. He has an $8 million mutual option for 2025. So if one of them don't accept that, he would be a free agent. And then Victor Robles. You know, the, the Nationals, Victor Robles and Patrick Corbin, the last two guys I said were on that 2019 Nationals team. Um, they're both free agents after this year, so this could be the end of that. But it also makes sense, you know. Victor Robles is a free agent. Dylan Cruz is a center fielder. You know, Dylan Cruz replaces Victor Robles. Patrick Corbin, he's done. James Wood, he's a pitcher. James Wood joins the rotation and replaces Corbin. And, you know, they get their feet wet in the majors next year. I think the Nationals next year can could be a lot of fun. Uh, but this year, it is going to be that uh, upward battle struggle, I think, for the Nationals. Because even when you go outside the NL East division and talk about, you know, the other NL teams, Dodgers, Padres, you know, the Nationals, looking at their schedule, I mean, you're going to have to have a hard time uh, picking out a couple wins for these guys because... It, it's just, it's not that I don't trust the Nationals, but obviously, like I said, it's their team is not on the level of talent, I guess is the word I would use, uh, versus other teams in the, in the NL. You know, they start their season against the Reds, they go Pirates, Phillies, and Giants. I mean, for that to be your first couple of games you'd be lucky to be like three and 10 to start the year kind of thing. Like I trust the Phillies. I kind of have hope in the pirates and reds here, you know, then you get a series in Oakland. You gotta, you have to sweep that series. Uh, it, it's just going to be tricky, but you know, the nationals have proved us wrong before that 2019, they were in may, they had an awful record and then went on this crazy, you know, streak to at least make the wild card game get through the Brewers, get through the Dodgers, get through the Cardinals. Like, it was a crazy, you know, 2019 run for those Washington Nationals. Is this the same team? Absolutely not. But there are nice pieces. There are guys, you know, Luis Garcia Jr. He was one of the first, I believe, uh, 2,000 babies to debut 
And, uh, you know, we haven't heard much of him since, you know, Nixon Zell. We saw him numbers with the Reds. Can he kind of get through that stuff? Uh, Joey Manessis, you know, he in terms of his year, he had a down year when you look at him from 2020 to 2023. His OPS in 2020 in, you know, a small sample size of 56 games, 930. He had 13 home runs in 56 games. This year in 2023, he had the same amount of home runs, 13, but 154 games, 98 extra games, and he didn't produce any more home runs. Um, the batting average dropped from 324 to 275. Uh, so you can call the, the 2022 year kind of magical for Meneses. He is 32. Like he is on the upper side of uh, uh, age-wise, you know, even though he is only going to be entering his third year in the majors. But, I mean, if he can kind of get back into 2022 form, Joy Meneses, I think that would help the team out a lot. Um, you know, it's the same thing that can be said for any baseball team and any sport in general. If all your players are playing to the best that they can and everything's going right, they'll find success. But the same can be said for the Dodgers, for the Padres, for whoever. And the thing that differs is like, even if the Dodgers aren't clicking 100%, I would still take a 70% Dodgers over a 100% Nationals team. And I think that's where you have to draw the line. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a rough year for the Nationals. I don't expect too much over them. That's why I have them here talking about them 27th on the list of 30 teams. Uh, Taking a look at that fan duel over and under, they have it at 66.5. I'm going to take the under. You know, these these bottom teams, it's hard to kind of pick out like, okay, I think you're going to do better than expected. You're going to do not. Because like I said, there's so many better teams that we are going to be talking about in, in the weeks to come. And, you know, the Marlins, even the Marlins, I think, could have a, a, a worse year than they did last year. But I still would take the Marlins to win, you know, 80% of these, the matchups against the Nationals. The same can be said for the Braves and the Phillies. Now, obviously, that's not baseball, and, you know, to expect, oh, the Braves are the better team, they're going to sweep every game they have against the Nationals, that's incorrect. But across 162 games, the Nationals will about win 60, 61 games. They, I think their ceiling is 93, 95 losses, give or take. Like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say, but I don't see them... Uh, you know, I see them at least with 90 plus losses, which means, you know, 60 plus wins. Like it, it, it's tricky, but I will take the under on the 66.5. I think they're going to win 65 or less games. Uh, yeah. And that's what I have to say about the nationals tough year coming up. Uh, but there are promising things to look forward to. And if guys like Dylan Cruz, you know, gets a chance at some point this year, James Wood, even, you know, that's the reason to head to nationals park, beautiful ballpark there. And uh, you never know what could happen here. Maybe C.J. Abrams, guys like Joey Gallo, Jesse Winker figure it out. Uh, but, you know, things to hope for if you're a Nationals fan. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to another T.O.P. Uh, this was the second one today. So, again, we have two more tomorrow. Uh, get excited for those. And I will see you guys then. So thank you, everybody, so, so, so much. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.